Welcome back to another episode of DCAF, Beacon Center's weekly podcast. I have no idea what number this is, but as you I think it might, be 50, this might be number 50. Lucky I think 50. it's 51. I think 50 uh-huh. might have been last week. But um, as you can tell, Mark and I are still in our houses. We are still just as combative as ever. Um, Mark has been insulting me all day, and I would not want anything else. So roll tied to that. Mark, tell everyone what happened in your house last night. Oh, yeah, there was a, like, five-foot snake that just kind of came in from the outside, this gigantic, I guess it ended up being a rat snake, and um, me and my roommate were very, very scared of snakes, so we didn't know what to do. It was kind of stuck in this room, and we had to call some guy to come and, and take it out, and he said it was, it was one of the biggest snakes he's seen, and uh, it's not poisonous, which, so it wasn't dangerous in that way, but it does, like, choke small animals and can kill them, and even, I have a, as if you can see. Yeah, they're slowing my four and a half pound dog. So I'm really glad I called. I was lucky enough not to be in the house. My roommate told me about it. And I was at, at my girlfriend's house. So it was just a crazy experience. I've never had a snake in my house before. And the funny thing is I put it on like Hip Donaldson, like the Facebook group. And people are like, oh, those are really great. They kill rats. You should leave it in there. I'm like, I'm not going to leave a five pound snake or a five foot snake in my house. That's insane. Absolutely not. That is so stupid. People are, and then so many people are like, oh, just kill it or just do this. Like, and I'm like, well, I'm not going to do that. Like, I like to see, it's easier to say that not in the situation, seeing a gigantic snake and not knowing if it's poisonous or not. Like, that's not something that normal people do. What an idiot. I can't stand people. People are so dumb. Like, them and their next door wisdom, you come over here and kill the snake then. That's right. He's like, oh, just shoot. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to shoot something in my basement. I'm about to sell my house. And yes, I'll shoot my basement. That sounds smart. Yeah, people are so dumb. Like, it's, it's unbelievable. I'm glad I got taken care of. People are very dumb. That's like, horror movie crap. Mark texted me that last night. It was the first thing I saw when I woke up this morning and I'm out. I can't do snakes. One thing I can't do. Um, speaking of like a, like a small snake is still scary, but like seeing like a, like a five foot snake who's like basically like the guy found it going up the wall and like half of it was out the door and the other half was up the wall. I know, I know. Uh, I know. I'm glad, I'm glad I didn't have to see it. It was wild. And I'm glad that Soda took care of it. I, I got, I called somebody who did a great job and it was just a wild experience. I'm, I'm freaking out. Distract me, Mark. <laughs> just Distract me. All right. Let's talk about a distraction. Yes. The quintessential distraction. Netflix is coming out with a whole new list of movies in the month of June. They're already up. I am pumped because three of my favorite movies are on the list, but Mark, you go first. What are you excited about? Well, first of all, there's a really good uh, bridge there. Great job with the, with Thank the Netflix. You. Very good, Bridge. Um, Transitions. The list, uh, our, our intern, Carrington, gives a list of the new things that came out on Netflix as of yesterday. So the two things I'm most excited to see are things that I would suggest nobody else watch because nobody would like it. But Joanna Man is finally on Netflix. Um, what is that? Oh, one of the best things ever. It's like some, it's a comedy from like the mid-2000s. Genuine's in it. Um, like Pony I, Genuine, like Ride My yes, Pony Genuine. Pony Genuine is the lead actor. Um, but it's a guy who gets kicked out of the NBA for all his shenanigans. And then he dresses up and he basically pretends to be a woman and he plays in the WNBA, but he's like dunking on everybody. And of course he falls in love, in love with one of his teammates who thinks he's a woman. Um, I'm not sure in today's culture it would work. Say, but, you know, with all the trains, like, she's the man. It wouldn't go over well today. No, but it's hilarious. Uh, not in a good, like It's pretty bad, but it's very funny and stupid. And I'm glad that it's all, one of my favorite movies. I remember watching on Christmas Eve a few years ago with my younger cousins and they loved it. So I know, Joel, Joanna, man, you should watch it. It's a great quintessential movie. It's like an hour, 20 minutes. You'll be entertained. And afterwards, you'll be like, I feel dumber for having watched that. Like Napoleon Dynamite. I'll never get that yeah. hour. Maybe dumber. But yeah, I, w- I would take a look. Um, and then the second one is Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story, which is the, uh, what was the Johnny Cash movie? I don't remember it now. Walk, Walk the Line. 
Yeah, so it's a parody of that. It's got John C. Riley, Will, Will Ferrell. It's got all, all, a lot of greats kind of parodying uh, that movie. So those are two things I'm excited about. So okay. you're Well, mine are a stark contrast from those. I am <laughs> very excited about West Side Story. Natalie Wood is my favorite actress, and Natalie Wood was in West Side Story. You know, The Sharks and the Jets, Mark. It's a story about immigrants in New York. Is that, um, I knew it's a play. Is that, like, what was the movie made? I know, like, the play. 1961 is when the movie was oh, made. Oh, so it's a super old movie. Okay, because I know they made, um, what was it? Like, I know they made Cats, and they made uh, yeah. that, the AIDS one, whatever. I forget what that movie Rent. was called. Right, yeah, and they made, those were newer versions of that. So this was an old version kind of before the play. Yeah, dude, Natalie Wood, she's been dead since, like, the 80s. I don't know who that is. I've heard the name. You don't I, know Natalie Wood? No. She's my favorite actress. Okay. Oh, okay, well, yeah, I don't, I, what else is she in? She's in um, Splendor in the Grass. These are all old movies. I mean, yeah, okay, I've never, I've never heard of any of these. There's no, I don't watch movies before about 95. So I just saw, like, a bunch of Tom Cruise movies for the first time. Like, a top, or I haven't watched Top Gun yet, but then. Um, you haven't seen Top Gun? No, what's the one, like, You Can't Handle the Truth? I just watched that, too. Uh-huh, Jack Nicholson. Um, yeah, yeah, that movie. So, yeah, so I'm making my way back. I'm about 94 right now, 93. So maybe, maybe I'll make my way back to 61. Okay, so what else? Um, anyway, Clueless. I've never seen that either. Ah, Clueless is so, so good. You've got to watch Clueless. And then the other one is The Help. Oh, okay, so I actually know that one. I haven't seen that one either, but I know that one. Okay. That, one, that one's somewhat recent, right? Yeah, it's like 2011, maybe. Okay. Emma Stone, Octavia Spencer. Yeah, I mean, I, I know they both are. I still don't, I've never seen the movie. But I, I mean, I watch, that's the only one I probably, although I've heard Clueless is good. I'm not going to watch them from 1961, but I've heard Clueless is, is fun. You should watch Clueless. It really is good. It's got like young, handsome Paul Rudd and like, I think that's. Paul Rudd's still young. I mean, he's not young, but he's still handsome. I he feel like he's aged better than most celebrities. He really has. You look at him at 25, and you look at him like, he's probably like 50, 55 now. Like, he looks almost the same. Like, good for Paul Rudd. And he's funny. I like him. I like him, too. He is my, probably, I, this is a hot take, and I'm going to say it. Uh, I thought that everyone in Anchorman was so annoying except him. Okay. Well, yeah, you're, I think, I'm going to cancel you. We can talk about that later, but that's absurd. <laughs> yeah, I, we'll I, talk I, about cancel culture I just later. watch um, Role Models again. That movie is so funny. It really stands okay. up. With Paul Rudd? It's, oh, they take these little kids and like, it's, it's, it, you need to watch that. That's like a great comedy. It's kind of like this, it's the same time as like uh, Knocked Up and all those gotcha. and kind of the same, but it's very good. It's like, it's less raunchy, just kind of, it's a little bit more heartwarming, but it's great. Heartwarming. Less raunchy, more heartwarming. <laughs> heartwarming. That's Still raunchy and not super heartwarming, but compared to the other ones. Mark description if I've ever heard it. All right. <laughs> those are our Netflix recommendations for June. Next, moving on to something that Mark and I agree on that you probably wouldn't think that Mark and I agree on. So there is nothing that I hate more than coming home from a night out and having everything that I'm wearing and my hair smell like cigarette smoke. Drives me absolutely insane. I hate it. You, like, I don't want to get in my bed with my hair smell like cigarette smoke, even though I've just been in a room that's been smoky. It's terrible. However, clothes for weeks, even if you wash them. I know. I have to like, like coats and stuff. Like in the winter, if you wear a coat to a bar, you like have to send it to the dry cleaner before you can wear it again. Cause it smells yeah. so bad and stale cigarette smoke. Like I just, I can't, it's gonna make me sick. Um, but Mark and I do agree that the government should not 
tell businesses that they have to be smoke free. Now that won't stop me from going door to door on a, to businesses and saying, please, please, I've, I've got this petition from people, please be smoke free. You know what I mean? Like that's like a citizen action that you can convince sure. the bar owner to be smoke free. But the government telling businesses and like bars on Broadway, they have to be smoke free. I'm not for that. Yeah. It's more capitalism. Just be like, yeah, I'm not going to go to that because I don't like smoking and the, the whatever the business owner can say, Oh, I think we're losing a lot of business. So we'll go smoke free. But yeah, so I guess there's a, I guess the, I saw something in Tennessee that they're kind of discussing whether they should make because of the COVID stuff, whether they should force business to be smoke free. And it's just a, I think it's one of those things where we talk about our ideals compared to what we want. I don't want to go in a smoky bar. I will. Um, it's not, I, I don't hate it as much as some people, but I don't like it. But at the same time, it's like, that does not mean the government should be involved. Let businesses decide what they want to do. And then that money, money walks, right? Or money talks. And like if mm-hmm. I go there, they will. And my dad actually had like, my dad has some good ideas and he had this great idea. He's like, if I started a bar, I'd make it a smoking only bar. You can only get in if you smoke. Because the point of that is that like in a lot of states and, and cities, they have banned it. So like these people who smoke in bars, like feel like they're left out. Like completely, like I have nowhere to go. It's like, so you know what? If you don't smoke, you can't come in. It's like, I actually thought it was a pretty good idea. Of course, I don't smoke. I think smoking's not good. I mean, I know it's not good for you. And I don't like being around it. But I hate when the government tries to get involved. And there's things that we like personally. We both like sports. We don't like tax dollars going to sports stadiums, though. And it's just another one of those examples. And, and it's, it's discouraging that Nashville's thinking about doing that, banning all smoking. But it doesn't surprise me because Nashville has demonstrated it's – want and its need to be like a nanny state um it just keeps coming up over and over and over telling businesses to shut down because of germs telling whatever like nashville is a nanny state saying that you can't open a home business just because it might bother your neighbor like it's not surprising that they would consider this but it is disheartening and upsetting like i loved it i remember when i was a little girl cracker barrel used to be my favorite restaurant because all i ate was pancakes and I, I used to go to Cracker Barrel a lot because that's all I wanted to eat. And they had a smoking section and then a non-smoking section. And when Cracker Barrel made the decision to turn it all into no smoking, we started going there more often because my family loved it. Like, like you said, money walks. And so we'll go or not go. I don't go to smoky bars because I don't want to dry clean my coats. And so, but Nashville has no business saying And really, to your point about it's not surprising, it's almost surprising that Nashville hasn't done this sooner. Because based on like, there's, I think there's, I know there's cities where everything's banned, like there's states where smoking's banned in bars, I think. So it's actually kind of surprising they haven't done it sooner. Um, hopefully, I mean, that's, and that's something that we would never, I mean, we personally are against, I don't know if we'd fight against just because we, don't, we can only take on so many issues at one time. But like, it's just, it's this idea of what should the government be? And should the government be telling bars if they should allow smoking, which is legal, or not. It's not saying like, oh, should they allow heroin use? Of course, no, they shouldn't do that because it's illegal. But when you talk about smoking, it should be up to the individual. It should be up to the business. And guess what? If people don't want to go, they'll go out of business. Or they'll adjust their model say, you know what? We're not doing well. We need to make it non-smoking. So that's how capitalism works. And that's why we're a great country. <laughs> the market, baby. Power of the market. That's right. Um, so anyway, let's talk more about the power of the market. But <laughs> outside of Nashville. So as things are starting to reopen, um, we remember Florida started opening before everyone else. Governor DeSantis got put on blast for opening. And then he put the rest of the press on blast for saying like, hey, we're doing fine. Y'all need to shut up. And it was kind of awesome. So we're seeing states start to reopen and testing is going up. I, I personally think that testing is going up. So more cases are going up. Like 
I think that I had it and didn't get tested. So it wasn't in one of the numbers, but you know, I'm all for people starting to reopen because it looks like the states that opened first are actually doing all right. Yeah. No, I mean, not only doing all right, like they've had less cases since they've opened up. Yeah. Uh, and it just shows this, I mean, of course, there is a health risk. Of course, people did die of this, but it does show how overblown it was. And, and it's, it's interesting the way the media at the beginning seemed to be really praising governors like Cuomo um, while trashing Brian Kent from Georgia and trashing DeSantis. And really, when, when it comes out of it, it looks like those people are the ones who did the right thing. They didn't hurt their economy as much. They had no more cases, and a lot of times less cases, even on a per capita basis um, than in places like New York and New Jersey did. And it's just... It just shows you the power of the media and, and the WHO is changing every day. Like, Oh, it's asymptomatic. Wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. Like there's no facts in this. And this whole idea of like following science, nobody followed science. Like the place to shut down did not follow science. They followed whatever they thought people wanted to hear. And like, it, it was just insane. I hate that it became a political issue. Um, with the exception, I think that the governor of uh, Colorado did a pretty good job. Who's a Democrat, uh, Jared Paulus, yeah. but it just, it's insane that we lost this much of the economy for something that of course was serious, of course killed people, but not even close to what they said. And the science just wasn't there. And you, you find that out afterwards. So the key is that we hope that in the future that they will realize if something like this happens again, like, oh, maybe don't do what we did last time. Let's rewind and talk about what you said about the WHO changing everything they're saying. So I was actually on the phone with my mom talking about this this morning and how at the beginning, at the biggest fear of all was, what about these asymptomatic people walking around out there and spreading it, not mm. knowing it? And now it's like, oh, well, they can't spread it. They don't spread it. I mean, they could, but they don't. It's highly unlikely. So now, look at Sloan. I'm sorry. Can we talk about <laughs> she's, get, she's getting comfortable over there. That was awesome and so cute. Mm. Um, and now they're saying that all of this that we did was for nothing. And, and I get it. They didn't know this is a new virus. People yeah. didn't know, but this is the problem with reacting without information. You react and react and react. And then people get hurt and people's livelihoods suffer and people have mental health breaks because they're stuck in their house all the time. And then we find out it was all for nothing. But your point is right. They didn't know. So if you don't know, stop telling people something. Unless you actually know something, don't release it. And I remember they said, oh, don't wear a mask. And they said, wear a mask. And I'm saying, oh, it doesn't really matter if you wear a mask or not. Like, there's just so many different things coming from so many different people. And the WHO has made, been made to look bad. And now even Dr. Fauci is saying on the other side, like, oh, no, asymptomatic people can still spread it. So we still have no answers to this. He, he basically said that the WHO was wrong. So it's essentially like this belief in science, like there's so many different sciences, nobody was going on, and we don't blame them for not knowing, but we do blame them for telling us something that's not true and then changing it every, every five minutes, it seems like. I know, I can't keep it straight. I, I seriously can't keep it straight. Um, and, and that leads perfectly into our last topic, which is at the beginning of all of this, if you weren't taking it seriously, you were canceled. <laughs> yep. And... Now, explain what that means. Explain what you mean by like cancel. So cancel culture means that if someone messes up one time and the screaming members of society, not all society, just the screaming members decide that it's an egregious enough offense that they lose their privilege to talk or have an opinion or live, have a presence, they get canceled. And so Twitter is all about cancel culture. Someone will tweet something and Twitter will say, you're canceled. And, it, and when I say Twitter, we'll say it, the screaming masses are on Twitter. That's where they live. That's where the bottom feeders of society get all their like <laughs> fuel is on Twitter. 
<laughs> wow, that was strong, strong language on Twitter users. <laughs> I feel pretty – I mean, I use Twitter for, like, Alabama football stuff, but I'm not on there canceling people. So yeah. the bottom feeders of society will get on there, and they'll look for people who say something they don't agree with, and then they say, you're canceled. And then all the fellow bottom feeders – prop it up and put it on everyone's timelines. So now all these people are canceled. It's out of control. It's absolutely out of hand. I always do this. I always reference like my faith and the fact that I'm a Christian. And I saw something really great from one of the blogs that I follow, the Gospel Coalition blog, where they said, canceling isn't the way that Christians operate. There's always room for a second chance. People, you, people aren't defined, as far as I'm concerned, people aren't defined by their opinions. Anyone can have an opinion. I might disagree with it. I might think it's ugly the way that you say it. I might wholeheartedly just say, you got to get out of my life. That's toxic. But that's not canceling a person. And it's just completely out of control. Yeah, it's, and it's not even just people. Like I see, like, they're talking about canceling friends. So I guess friends had some things that, like, the show Friends had some things that were inappropriate, like, th that they made light of homophobia or something like that. Or, like, it's just crazy. And, and we have to remember, even if things were maybe inappropriate, we need to think about the time frame they were done in. And it doesn't necessarily excuse things, but you need to realize that, like, yeah, back in the late 90s, uh, that was, like, something that, whether or not it's right, that was more the norm. And we're canceling people for saying things that aren't even, like, the Drew Brees thing. I don't care if you agree with him or not. Like the Drew Brees, I guess, about that? Oh, basically he was about standing for the flag and basically that he, he would not kneel um, when the season came back. It's like people are like, oh, he's canceled. He's a racist. Like, that's, look, that's, that's not true. I don't, I don't care what you think about what he said. You can agree. You can disagree. I think both are, are perfectly valid. But to say like, oh, this guy's canceled. He's a racist. Like this guy's done more for the New Orleans community in the last 20 years than anybody probably in the whole community. And like, because he said one thing, it's not even, it wasn't even wrong or mean it's like for me you disagree and you say i don't think you understand the problem fine but you're canceling people like that or going back to 2012 and releasing a text message um or finding somebody's tweet from 2009 that like might have been they might have used i don't know words that you wouldn't use say like it's just i get it and it doesn't excuse what they did but like we need to stop canceling people and say you know what look at that time look at what they said did they mean to be hurtful or offensive if so, like, but who is the person going back and, oh, let's go to this guy's Twitter in 2009 and see what he said. Like, who's doing that? That's not, journalists don't do that. No. Well, and it's also a thing that this is what really bothers me is when people say you need to be more educated, but then if you say something that they deem as uneducated, you're canceled. How do you, how do we learn unless we're having difficult conversations? Like that's, that's my whole, I, it, it bothers the crap out of me because it's so two-faced if you want people to become educated in <clears throat> racial issues or, or anything, you have to give them a chance. And so when you're just out there reading something that someone says and then saying, you're not worthy of an opinion, you're not worthy of a, a voice, you're not worthy of being a person, you're canceled, it, it doesn't help anyone. It's not helping anyone. It's also wild when people use that as an actual argument. Like I get an argument recently about education funding. And they're like, oh, well, if you want to see how to defund the police, just look at education. I'm like, well, the education has not been defunded. It's actually gone up about 300%, um, including uh, the cost of living increase and all that stuff. And they're like, no, no, that's not true. And then once you show them the numbers, which are stats, they're like, oh, you need to be more educated on, on where the money's actually going. So it's like, even when you show stats, people say you need to be more educated. I'm just like, it's enough. I think most people, and I will say this, I think 80, 90% of people don't want this cancel culture. It's just the, like you said, the 5% on Twitter who are the loudest, most annoying people are going to cancel anybody. JK Rowling, I think this, they said she said something transphobic. Yeah, um, I didn't even read it. I but... didn't read it, but like, I, 
it's like things like this, like just let people do that. People make mistakes. People say things. I mean, how often do we say something in a conversation that we don't really mean the way it comes out? Uh, and it's like, and then people, if people judge everything you said based on how they interpret it. Exactly. I mean, our, per, our own perception is our reality. And so I've gotten in fights with my mom and my sister before where I've said something and I'm like, that sounded horrible the way it came out. And that was not my intention. Yeah. And, and everyone just gets in those places and it's really hard. And when someone says you need to be more educated or you're canceled, don't do that. Tell me what I've done wrong that hurts your feelings or that you think is wrong. And then we can have a real adult mature discussion, but that's what we're lacking right now with all this social media discussion is mature adult discussions about what's going on in the world and what we can do to fix it. If we want to fix it, canceling people, isn't going to get you anywhere. It's going to get you on a list of people that I unfollow on Twitter because I just can't take it anymore. And so we should cancel cancel culture. And the one thing that, that everyone doesn't like, most people realize like if you went back through every single person's text messages, Twitter, Facebook for the last 15 years, and you had access to all of that, everybody has said something they regret or that they, they no longer feel that way. I mean, how, how many people, I know. I see a lot of people that said all lives matter three years ago who were like, oh, I don't feel that way anymore. Like I, I think I've whatever progressed. And I, I would say black lives matter along with all the other lives, but there, everyone has said things. People have changed their opinions. People have all said things they would regret in Texas. And if you showed every one of those to the world. So let's like not be the first to cast there. That's not, what is it? Cast the first stone. Yeah. Don't be the one that casts it, it. It's from the Bible. Jesus literally said you who is without sin cast the first stone and no one could do it. Like, we none of us are innocent of saying dumb things. I mean, I'm my friends and I roast each other. We are ruthless in our text messages. And if someone pulled one out and displayed it, they would be like, "Oh, Taylor's a bully." Yeah. Out of context, not not the right. You know what I mean? Like we yeah. don't we don't know. We never know the full story with the soundbite. We very rarely know the full story. And some people could be scumbags that say ugly things in their text messages. Yeah. But some people could be completely innocent and something's taken out of context. We just don't know. And you can't cancel someone based on not knowing the full context. That That's what bothers me. Yep, I agree. I, I just think we need to stop with this thing and, and actually have discussions. And that's part of the reason that people, I don't think on, on both sides of the aisle, aren't able to communicate anymore. I mean, you have people who say these terrible things and, and you have people trying to cancel all these other people. And it's just, let's just have a discussion. Say, oh, we disagree, but let's talk in a way that, I'm not going to say that I'm going to bring back a quote that you said from 2009 that it's irrelevant to this conversation to make you look bad. Like, let's just have a conversation to talk about these issues and try to get to a better place. That, that's all I want. Amen. I love that. Cancel the cancel culture. Yep. That's what we're doing. One decaf at a time. All right. <laughs> Any final thoughts, Mark? Nope. I'm good. All right. Signing off. See y'all later.